This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Um, so this is, this is going to be really fun. This is how to elevate your podcast with Dolby Atmos. And I'm assuming you know what that means. Um, but I can't wait to hear more about it. So let's welcome Cheryl and Jack from Dolby who are gonna enlighten us with some really cool Atmos information for podcasts. Welcome. What's up everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Are you having a great first day of podcast movement? Yeah. You have a lot of energy for the fact that it is in the late afternoon of a conference. After uh, lunch. After lunch. Yeah. Listening to a lot of panels about content. Love content. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about Dolby Atmos, which is uh, a favorite topic of mine. Um, my name is Jack Ferry. I am the executive producer of the Dolby Institute podcast. I am also a filmmaker and an insanely big fan of immersive entertainment in like theater with like immersive theatrical experiences like Sleep No More and I'm one of those crazy people that owns three different VR headsets. Um, I've been a fan of like 3D audio since I heard about it in like the 80s. Um, and then when I joined the Dolby team and learned about Dolby Atmos, my brain exploded and then what's really cool about uh, the podcast that I work on is I get to meet all these incredible sound artists, such as Cheryl here, who's doing some really incredible work. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Cheryl. Uh, well, I am Cheryl Ottenritter and the founder owner of Odd House Audio in uh, the DMV area, but we're location agnostic, that's what I like to say. Um, and we do all sorts of different audio, mainly uh, spatial audio, immersive audio for film, podcasts, museums, and 4D experiences. That's primarily our niche. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're doing more and more uh, Dolby Atmos mixing for podcasts now. It's exploding. Yeah. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, and I have to give a shout out to uh, National Geographic and Wondery for, you know, really spearheading those, that movement into that direction. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Marcelino Viapondo is in the back there Woo! from Wondery. Big fan of Wondery. If you guys aren't familiar, uh, Wondery, uh, or sorry, Wondery, keep, I keep saying it like with an A. Wondery ha just came out uh, recently with the Wondery Plus app, which is actually delivering podcasts in Dolby Atmos. Um, I'm a huge fan of it um, because it's like you're getting like a true Dolby Atmos experience. Highly recommend checking it out. And I actually had a really long conversation recently on the podcast, um, which was posted yesterday, which you can check out if you want to hear more about um, how Dolby Atmos is being used in like really innovative ways in podcasts, both at Wondery and places like Qcode. Um, so there will be a link at the end of the panel where you can check out that episode. Um, but I want to talk to you about what you've been working on recently uh, with for National Geographic. Well, that's really exciting because um, as a nonfiction storyteller, it's so awesome to get all this material from the field, from the explorers that are actually out there 
capturing uh, visuals, but now is capturing audio. So we'll get, you know, a sound of a loon or, you know, a monkey or all the Serengeti sounds. Or right now they have three explorers in the field with H3 uh, ambisonic microphones. So we're, I'm really anxious to get my hands on that. Yeah, <laughs> and, that. Um, and so that's that's what they're doing. They're also spearheading um, like sound banks where they want to immerse the listener in the actual environment so that they can take you to the Serengeti, so they can take you and you. It's not, they're not complex, but what it is is, is Atmos just opens up the the sound and you yeah. can actually feel like you're there and, and right. hear the animals or whatever it is that they're trying to, uh, th that they send us, you know, the audio. Yeah, it really does sound like you're there. I mean, there's like a, a little section that I've heard where there were like monkeys climbing on the roof of the car and yeah. it really does sound like there are monkeys <laughs> climbing on the roof of the car <laughs> above you. Yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, and it's interesting because especially with National Geographic, you can't add extra sounds. Like, um, we have to be extremely careful and only use the sounds that the explorer sends us. Oh, interesting. And um, So you can't sweeten it. Well, uh, <laughs> you can, but you have to be very careful. You have to be extremely careful. Because like, it has to be completely authentic. It has to be completely authentic. Yeah. You can't just be like, this is a cool sounding bird. They'd be like, that's from the wrong continent. Right. And ambiences even, we were, we, we went back and forth a lot about ambiences and, you know, even the level of insects that happen to be in a certain area. Wow. Or, and things like that. So you have to be really, really careful. And, and it's very challenging, especially... Um, when the explorer may only send you a single MP3. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, you were doing some really amazing stuff. So uh, let me just back up a little bit. Uh, be honest. Does everybody mm. in here know what Dolby Atmos is? If you're a little bit unsure about what Dolby Atmos is, or if you have no idea. Um, it's really okay. It's really okay. Because <laughs> honestly, I didn't know what it was at first either. Um, how would, like how do you explain what Dolby Atmos like? How would I explain Dolby Atmos to like my mom? So I was like, I just saw Maverick and Dolby Atmos. She would go, That's cool. What's that? Yeah, no, I have these conversations a lot actually. Yeah. So um, Dolby Atmos is an object-based uh, way of mixing sound in immersive, so that you get more of a 360 environment around you. But it's it's an object-based mixing platform, not a traditional channel-based mixing. So like when you're doing, you know, stereo, left, right, right? You think that channel, that channel, you know, left, right speaker. But with Dolby Atmos, the objects, and anything can be an object. It doesn't, don't think of it as like one thing can be an object. A verb can even be an object. Is Is you can place that sound anywhere in the sound field that you want it to be. So if you want, say, that bird or that monkey to be right there, right. that's where that monkey is gonna be. And what's the glorious part about it when at the end of the day and you're mixed and you're happy and it's immersive and it's glorious and it's awesome, when you export it, um, it, it comes in a package that can do 2.0. 5.1, 7.1. It can do binaural. So you can, in one package, you can deliver all the mixes that you need to deliver. And then it, what's really cool, and you were talking about sound, sound bars just now, yeah. is that that can then be played wherever you need it to be played. And it'll be, 
be played back with my intent or the intent of the mixer. And meaning, like, if I mixed it in my studio and say, you know, the monkey podcast, and then you suddenly heard it in a car, the it will decode in that car to be as close to the intent that I intended in my studio. So as a mixer, who's had like terrifying experiences hearing my mixes in theaters that aren't calibrated <laughs> right or you know uh, TV shows that you know they I don't know what they did um, it, it's 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 a really nice feeling knowing that it's going to be decoded and translated wherever it's played to the creative intent of the director the producer the mixer and to me that's one of the big pluses that doesn't get talked about enough yeah, it's it's the way it was described to me is what's cool about it is uh, whether you're wearing you know supported headphones or you've got the mm -hmm. soundbar or you've got you know Dolby Atmos for your, your car, which is growing in popularity. Um, it will the the software will will send the appropriate sound to the appropriate place in the appropriate at the appropriate moment, so you're getting the the best experience every time. Right, and even binaurally um, in, in binaural, um, which is challenging. Uh, they even you can even have um, specific uh, profiles so that uh, Tom help me out HRTV TF right HRTF so that you can actually um, it's programmed to you so when I'm listening to the binaural mix it's programmed to my head hey Debar she came yay Debar <laughs> Artelin uh, spearheading the uh, immersive uh, podcast movement at Nat Geo anyway so. Um, where was I? Oh, so, but what's really cool is, and I just read about this and I haven't explored it um, yet, is that uh, Apple came out with um, a beta version of their next iOS and is experimenting with um, HRTF in their, in their Apple device so that making their binaural and their spatial audio experience um, even better. So that's coming down the road, and it's going to be it's going to be a game changer. It's going to make it so much better because there is some talk about people like I don't like the decode of Apple, blah 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 blah. But um, it, it's going to make it so much better. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think the the reason we really want to do this panel today um, is because we really believe that this is going to completely change the landscape of podcasts um, because I think once this technology becomes more and more widely adopted, and it is becoming more and more widely adopted. Um, I personally think that listeners will start demanding it because it's a completely different experience. Um, so for for those of, for the benefit of the audience who maybe haven't experienced uh, a podcast in Dolby Atmos yet, what is it that gets you excited about it when you're working um, with the technology on that platform? Ooh, well, from the very beginning um, and to this day, I find mixing in Dolby Atmos and listening in Dolby Atmos, much more gratifying experience. Whether it's just, you know, uh, a simple interview even, or, um, you know, a, a global explorer sending me audio from the field. Uh, what gets me excited is that I have so much control over where I'm putting that sound and, and how the listener is going to perceive that sound. Yeah. And I also get excited because it just sounds so good. And it, 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 um, uh, well, it makes it really immersive experience. So there was, yeah. there's one clip that, um, I was sent that you did for National Geographic mm -hmm. with the, um, like the wild dogs, like the doors, I think they're called, right? Yeah. Um, so let me 
set the scene. There are these, there's the recordings of this, these wild dogs um, called Doors mm -hmm. that um, were like surrounding the recordist and it's very menacing, but as a, it was an individual, like, you know, like single channel probably recording, right? Yeah. Um, but when you listen to the Dolby Atmos mix of it, you feel like you're surrounded by this pack of wild dogs and they're communicating with each other and they're getting closer and closer to you. So it, it almost like puts you in the shoes of the person recording it and, and it's like terrifying. Yes, and, and it gives you that POV, absolutely. And it allows you to make that intensity or mm. that feeling that, or whether it's an intimate conversation or a pack of wild dogs attacking you, you know? Right. So it, it, it does give you that. They're okay, and, by the way. Yeah, Just no, nope, they, they survived. Yeah. Um, and actually POV is huge because, um, uh, actually just talked to Wondery about this, you know, POV is huge because if you move yourself out of, as a listener, into the character POV, it changes everything. And it gives you the chance to move the audio around. Yeah. You know, in a different way, in a different perception. And that would also be the same for like, if you're listening uh, to a live concert or a recorded concert um, or music, in, in Atmos, you know, is it going to be from the POV of the listener, the POV of the conductor, or the front of house, or right. the stage? And I think, um, I think the possibilities to exploit that type of positioning is endless. Yeah. So, so I think that one of the things that I find really interesting about people who mix in Atmos, especially when it comes to podcasts, which is a you know purely audio medium is um, they don't have that thing that is sometimes referred to as like the tyranny of the screen. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, um, when you're, we, we speak to a lot of, you know, sound designers and sound mixers on the Dolby Institute podcast, and, you know, there's only so much they can do, let's say, with a dialogue scene, right. because even if somebody is off screen, generally those voices, the audience is used to having those voices forward. Right. But when you don't have a screen, um, it's, you know, you, you no longer have, to, you're no longer like forced to put that there. You can really, really explore the space. Right, and I think, um, you know, I, I do mix for film as well as mm -hmm. for podcasts, so I can speak to this pretty, pretty easily. For me, it's freeing. Um, it allows me to create the environment or create the world that you're gonna live the story in, and instead of having to lock everything to the screen, um, we are a forward-facing listener, though. Like, for instance, we do we don't want voices behind us when we're you know we're not going to do anything kind of like that, right? Not like when Five One came out and everybody went too crazy. But um, you know it. So it allows us to create that world. You can close your eyes and be in it instead of you're locked to that screen. Um, you know, it's funny, a colleague and I go back and forth all the time about this, about you know, because I tend to be a little bit more. Um, Risky and when bold. I do, I would bold. say bold. Bold, okay, bold. <laughs> you make bold creative choices. I make bold creative choices, <laughs> and um, and so I'm lucky. I have a wonderful team, and we're not alike. So we go back and forth all the time about, oh, well, maybe that shouldn't be so bold. And I'd be like, no, that really needs to be there, and you know, get used to it. <laughs> and uh, so we go back and forth, and really, in the end of the day, it's your taste and the taste of your listeners and what you want to accomplish with those voices in your story. And one thing is that, like, we get all the time, especially for podcasts. Well, why would you do immersive for podcasts if it's just an interview, right? Right. Yeah, that's a, like the number one question I get. 
Right, and I find, um, and I do this all the time, whether it's a documentary interviewing or a podcast interview or whatever, right. I constantly pull those voices in and out a little bit from the center. And I'm not talking drastic, you know. But, yeah. And what happens then is that interview becomes intimate. It becomes a conversation like we're having now. Right. Instead of pure center, don't move, you're locked there, right? Right. So, and that's a really nice feeling. And then also um, a lot of podcasts, especially um, have different characters, right? It might even be the same actor mm -hmm. um, or actress, and but you have different voices going on. And what I find is really, really hard when I'm trying to fo follow a, a stereo mix of a podcast like that is like, okay, who's who, who's what, what's going on. Oh, because the directionality of Atmos, then you can kind of get a sense of who's talking when. Right, so you yeah. can spread them out and have that be their position in the story. So then suddenly you're, you know, you're used to it instantly and you can take that, you know, listen to it and know what the different, who the different characters are. And then if you have a narrator, you can put that maybe a little higher. So right. it's like, the narrator, the voice of God narrator, and maybe even a little big, because one thing you can do in immersive sound with Dolby Atmos is you can take an object and make it, size it up, and make it over more, more of the 360 uh, soundscape than just this little pointy or this little round ball floating around. It can be whatever. So imagine, you know, you have rain coming down. You can just take one, even mono, channel of rain and spread it all across Right, Top and you're you're good to go. Yeah, you're creating a, a whole environment. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the the example I like to give is you know imagine you're a reporter and you get the amazing opportunity to interview the president. You know, wouldn't you rather your listener hear an experience where it's like you're interviewing the president and it sounds like you're actually inside the Oval Office? Mm -hmm. You know, versus what would we normally hear in like a news report. And I also work as a a, a TV news journalist for for Reuters where um, it's, you know, either just a standard mono or standard, you know, stereo recording. Um, it's, you, you can actually put the, or the other example I was thinking of too was like, how cool would it be if you were doing, say, a documentary on the president and you were like on Air Force One and then you have, mm -hmm. if you have like a recording of, you know, the, um, you know, this is your captain speaking, we're approaching Dulles Airport, <laughs> you know, then you could like, you know, if you have a recording of that, it could be like, you know, we were, you know, we were interrupted and you can put that, you know, up overhead and really get, make, put the listener there. And like, that's a great example of like having a, an, a you know, a simple interview podcast right. and then elevating it to well, the next yeah. level. And then there's one thing also I want to point out when you said the Oval Office, if you're, if you're having that intimate conversation, um, it doesn't have to just be that. You can, uh, you know, use some verb, and either as objects, you know, verb, you know, verb can be objects as well, right. or you know, to a bed of, you know, uh, using an Atmos reverb, and then suddenly, it feels so real. It feels very right. real. And it's funny that you brought up a plane, because one of the first things I ever did in Atmos when I first got the tools, um, I was playing around with an intro to Air Disasters, which is a air disaster show for Smithsonian probably. Mm -hmm. And they were doing a new intro. And of course not podcasting, but um, I did it, I, I revamped it in, in Atmos. And so I had the, you know, the attendant, you know, over the 
over the loudspeaker, ah, we're dying, and the screaming, and the crash, <laughs> and everything else. And, uh, cool. And, and so just imagine that, and it was really hard for me to get on a plane these days, but um, because <laughs> I mix... Did I'm, you scare yourself out of getting on well, planes Well, you know, I mix six, six seasons of that show, or eight seasons of that show. Oh, wow. And everybody dies all the time. <laughs> so, you know... Spoiler. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, no, one, 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 one episode a season, they can live. Yeah. Oh, that was the rule? Yeah, it was the rule. Oh, man, that's so funny. Anyway, sorry, we get off track. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to get a little bit back to perspective since we talked about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is actually something I talked about with Marcelina on the podcast. Um, oh, by the way, too, uh, it's also a great idea to please check out the podcast episode that is on the page um, that we'll share at the end because there are, we share lots of clips from shows uh, that were mixed in Atmos, so you can really get a sense of like how cool it sounds. Um, but anyway, one of the things we talked about in that in my, my interview was, you know, how do you decide where to put the listener? Then, like, you know, um, like one of the one of the shows that we were talking about that Wondery is just released is a show called Who Killed Daphne, mm -hmm. which is about um, the assassination of a journalist in Malta named Daphne Caruana Galizia. And, you know, there's like a scene in a courthouse and it's like, well, how do you decide then like where to put the listener? Like in the, in, are they in the jury box? Are they in, you know, are they sitting where the, you know, the judges or are they in the witness stand? You know, do you have those conversations like with the creatives? Yeah, just had one. Oh um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So tell me about that. And, like, and then how does it inform what you're doing? Well, it, it informs us where to put the listener and, and or the character so we can build the world around that perspective. That perspective. And I know that seems very simple, but it's not. I mean, actually, we uh, the first time out of the gate, we blew that. We didn't really get that right. We didn't really understand the concept that Wondery was going for. But, um, but then after we had a conversation with the, the creatives, we went through the script. We did a couple samples of different ways and then and that's also part of it is a creative process of, you know, understanding, you know, going through it as, as a mixer or a director or a producer mm -hmm. and listening to it and going, yeah, that's working, that's not working. Sometimes you have these great ideas and, you know, if you're fighting too hard to make that great idea work, maybe it's not a great idea. Right? right. So you have to then keep on through the process and figure that out. But, um, but then with, but when, you're, when you're doing, um, you know, audio storytelling, mm -hmm. You don't, in a way, you don't. You, you're disadvantaged too because you don't have the camera. Right. You know, like for when you're with film and television, the camera effectively is, uh, you know, the audience's head. Right. So you know, and when you're watching Top Gun Maverick and the plane goes <laughs> shooting over, you know yeah. where to place those, you know, objects. Yes. But when you're doing audio storytelling, you don't have the benefit of the camera. So then, what do you like? How do you make those determinations as to where to place everything? Well, like we discussed, I'm I'm pretty bold in that. Yeah. Like I, I, I I I go I go for it. Like in mm. um, a conversation I was having earlier today, they were asking me how I got to the end. Like just right now, and I'm I hear it in my head. Like I hear the story, and I know. Oh, so you imagine your perspective already. I imagine already. the perspective. I imagine what's happening, mm -hmm. and you know sometimes sometimes we get it wrong from the direct, but. It's, you know, the director or the producer's um, point of view. And because there's so many different options. So it's like you can't like cut yourself off and think I'm going to do 
A, B, or C, right? You, right? you have to play with those ideas and make them work and or don't make them work and move on to the next idea. And I think experience, you figure out where you went with the POV. And it's also, I mean, it's your story. So in your in your head, where are you take that like you know what are you hearing how are you feeling it and if you try it and it doesn't feel right it's probably not right and it's going to have a, a different emotional response and I think that's another thing that um, when I was investigating you know how these sound artists are using the technology that's a really big factor like when they're scripting is that right. you know you're going to have a different emotional response if the perspective is in the jury box versus you know sitting where the defendant is sitting Versus sitting, you know, bird's eye view or like at the back of the courthouse, right. you know, it's, it's going to have a different emotional impact. So um, what I really love about it is it, the fact that it, it, it brings this whole new dimension of uh, storytelling to, yeah. to, your, to your show. Um, and, and I think one of the things we've been doing in talking about this is kind of uh, busting a myth. Because I think a big mm -hmm. myth that people have is, oh, Dolby Atmos, but that's for fiction podcasts. Right. I'm primarily a nonfiction storyteller in audio. I, I, I do um, mix and, and create in both podcasts and film uh, nonfiction. Mm -hmm. But I find that the nonfiction storytelling is propelled even further with immersive audio, with spatial with spatial because you're create like you're creating that world you're recreating or creating a world yeah, a place that was that is real or was right. real and you can experience that whether yeah. whether it's the Serengeti or whether it's you know a um, courthouse in Malta a courthouse in Malta right yeah. exactly and I think I, I think that's really to, to impress upon that part yes you're using words yes you're storytelling in audio but it doesn't always have to be a dramatic. Uh, fiction story for yeah. you to use sound effects, ambiences, weave in, you know, you use music, right? So why wouldn't you use, right. you know, immersive audio or immersive sound to propel your story further? So, you know, if if that's where you're going with your podcasting, then, I, you know, with podcasts and storytelling that way, then um, more and more people are going to demand it and they're going to want it and they're going to create Yeah, once it. they get a taste of it. Yeah, you, you, and believe me, the first time I have it, had a taste of it, I, I knew, I knew, yeah. and I, I just, I went for it very early because I was like, I want to know how to do this. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's like it's um, it's instant production value, right? Yeah. So then, how do you, how do you take like a series of mono recordings and then you know like like you did and then you know spend a few hours in, you know, a sound studio and then come out with this very immersive. You know, now I'm in the Serengeti. How do you do that? Um, carefully. No, <laughs> uh, it's really just a lot of fun. Uh, you figure out like where you want to put those sounds and how you want to make them more of a texture mm -hmm. than than necessarily a sound that you hear. Like, um, and, but in one of them, we we did loons calling across. Uh, a quiet lake in yep. Maine, and that was a that's what the explorer wanted. So that was very clear, you know, where where to put the sounds, how to make those sounds that way. Um, but the um, but say with the dogs, you know, it was it was basically a lot of layering and texture, and you feel like where in the 360 do you want to put them? And then a lot of people forget height. 
like, and height is not just all the way up or all the way down. Mm -hmm. Height can be here, height can be here. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Up. And so I think that's a, that's a angle or a perspective, or not a perspective, but a technique, is to make sure everything's textured and not just um, up mix. Like um, when I first started, I would uh, use my handy dandy up mixer, uh, whether it was Halo or um, a different one, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, oh yeah, now it's now it's now it's great. No. It, 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 it's good, it feels good, sometimes it works, but um, usually it's texture and very carefully um, making each sound layered properly. Like if you had three minutes of, you know, the dog, you know, and we're doing a 60 second, you know, clip, clip yep. then you have three minutes. Use every, every one of them, you know? Right. Every, every second of it to texturize and make that happen. Interesting. So um, one of the things we're kind of also doing as we're talking about this is it busting another myth, which is, um, you know, do you need specialty equipment to record for Atmos? Um, and it's sounding like, no, we don't. You know, what's interesting, I get asked a lot, um, fellow mixers or different people, like, you know, what's the point of entry? Like, do I really want to spend? Is this expensive? Is this whatever? And my answer is get your hands wet. Just go ahead and get your hands wet. You don't need a full speaker setup to experience Atmos or at least experience the tools. You can get, like if you're using Logic or Resolve or Pro Tools, uh, Pro Tools yeah. uh, Cubase, you can, you can go ahead with your headphones, be listening in stereo or binaural and start getting your hands wet on these tools. And the point of entry, um, all those tools are on board, except for Pro Tools, you have to buy the production suite. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not too expensive, you know? Right. So then you can get your hands wet. You can start playing with the tools. You can figure out if you even like using the tools, um, which you will, you'll love it. It's easier to mix in, in that. And then, and then you can start figuring out, and then, you know, maybe you then go to a sound bar and you listen to it on a sound bar. And uh, I mean, uh, I heard uh, recently you all had an event where, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, podcasters were developing their first Atmos mixes and they only had headphones. And then in the, in the event, they went and they heard it for the first time and they were like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. So, I mean, I think, I think you can't hold back you know, but do do what you want to do, do what you want to do and figure it out. Like, um, you know, because it's a totally different way of thinking and approaching the mix. So if you get on the tools, then you can kind of start figuring that out without worrying about making a huge investment. So tell me more about that, like how it's a totally different, because like, you've done mixing before, like pre-Atmos, obviously. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how is it different? Like, what is it like? Like, because you're now thinking, you have to start, start thinking in three dimensions? Yeah, it's a totally different way of thinking, of, of approaching a mix, like, you know, the perspective part, you know, you, 2051, you, you, you're very locked into those channels. Right. Whereas with object-based mixing, you, you can put that sound wherever you want it to be. And, and so, not worry about what channel it's Right, and not worry about the channels. And so uh, the workflow is different. And so typically, you know, I, I'm, I approach my first Atmos mixes like I would a 5.1 mix instead of 
as an Atmos mix. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I held myself back. I didn't exploit my tool. Mm. I didn't exploit the, po exploit the possibilities of what Dolby Atmos can give you because in my head, I was still thinking like the traditional channel-based mixer. Right. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't perceiving it. And it took me a little bit to really understand that I'm not adapting my way of mixing to Atmos. I'm changing it. It's a totally different way of mixing. Right. Totally different way of, of sound designing. It's a totally different way of perceiving your story. And so I, I always, you know, really recommend and suggest to people that they start getting used to the tools and start getting used to that way of working so that, you know, when you're ready to make that leap, um, well, if you have headphones, you've made the leap. You can do it, right? right? You, can, you can output, you can make, a, you know, a Dolby package, you can, you know, output your binaural yeah. and everything. So it's, it's, not, it's not even And you're like, future-proofed. So as future it becomes more available on, you know, like sound bars and TVs and cars and home theater systems, things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, yeah, we, we're actually mixing almost everything in Dolby Atmos, even if it's not going to end up there. Because one, we like it, we, we prefer mixing that way. Yeah. And two, it's also... Do you get um, sad when you hear the flatted, flattened version? <laughs> <I guess. laughs> you know what though, actually that brings up a really good point. Okay. Um, it does, It does. you know, you miss it. Like I, I one of my first Atmos mixes, the, the uh, producer was like, uh, I said, okay, so do you wanna listen to the 2.0 or the Atmos? And he, was, he looked at me and goes, 2.0, stereo, no, no, only Dolby Atmos. I'm like, well, people are gonna be listening to this in stereo. But anyway, um, I digress, what was the question? Oh, future-proofing, so. Well, well, no, I was like, you mean it make, did it make you sad when you heard it flattened, and you were like, yeah. you were like, good point. Yeah, but good point that you hear it flattened, but um, you, it, 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 it's, it's better. Like the flattened is better. Like I, I was as opposed to like if you were mixing it in true like two o stereo. Yeah, like I did the project once and it was um, for a five. They wanted a five o mix and it was right in the middle of my studio move. I was building out a new studio, and so I said, oh thank goodness it's not Atmos because my Atmos room is going to be down. I got a five o setup. I can that's fine. I can do that job. So of course you know everything hit the fan and um then the client was like oh no oh no oh no i need a, a atmos mix and a wonderful client fantastic client just um just that's the way his client was and you know so sure. just the way it happens right so in my unfinished basement on my dolby rig and my <laughs> headphones <laughs> i mixed it in dolby atmos and went up to new york used the dolby uh, studios up there for a day and went out uh, and opened it up in Par at the paramount lot and it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful but the reason why i bring this up is the story that and this is true is that for months i listened to the flattened or the 2.0 version of the 5.0 mix right so the stereo, straight stereo, no Dolby Atmos involved, right? Right. Then, for months I had to do that. And then suddenly I was listening to the stereo version of the Dolby Atmos, and it just sounded better. It had more texture, it had more depth. Sort of separation and depth, yeah. Yeah. Just, That's what I've heard from other mixers as it well. It just felt better, yeah, so. So, um, I still think there are people who might be a little bit intimidated by like the learning curve and um, you know the tech. 
what, what would you recommend to those people to like get involved? Especially because like, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there where I think the, the mentality is like, look, what we're doing is really simple. It's just, you know, it's two people chatting or things, something like that. Mm -hmm. or, um, or even, you know, maybe the ones that are actually going out in the field. Um, but they're, you know, they're intimidated by it. Like, what do you recommend for them to do to get started? Get started. Just like bring 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 this into your DAW and then start yeah, playing around with it. Yeah, or use the Final Cut or Resolve or Nuendo that already has the tools built in. Yeah. Um, but I would suggest taking taking a session, whatever that session is, mm -hmm. and it kind of contradicts what I just said about approaching the mix differently. But use the content of something that you've already created, so that you're not you're not fighting the creation of the content as well as making your first Dolby Atmos mix, right? So you have something that's already created, it's already, you know, you're already like where it's at, and put, bring it into a Dolby Atmos session, make a Dolby Atmos session, and... And then spoil yourself. Right, exactly, <laughs> and, and give yourself time. Give yourself time and grace to understand that it's gonna, you know, you may go a few times. I, I still, you know, try to figure things out. You know, I don't think there's any, um, any uh, what's uh, embarrassment about that? Like, sure. you know, you're you're still trying to figure things out, and that's part of the fun, right? Is that you you get to figure it out and create something that you've never created before. So I'd say say just start with that. I I I wouldn't. I mean, yes, you could start fresh, you know, and maybe the simple is best. You know, okay, here's my voices. Do I like them up here? Do I like them down here? Do I right. like them a little bigger? You know, and yeah, there's the, one of the things that I think is I, I've heard from other mixers is um, it, it's it's okay to be subtle with the tools. Yes. <laughs> I'm also subtle. I'm <laughs> you can be subtle when you're not being bold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am not a subtle person by my nature, but um, <laughs> I, I'm really not. Let's just be honest. So I think I think, um, but yes, and that's the thing that it's, and you don't want to be gimmicky either. Talk about that. So, like, give me an example of like what would be gimmicky, because that that is like uh, another myth that I've that I've heard. I think from from people, it's just like, oh yeah, that sounds gimmicky. I'm not interested in that. Well, yeah. Well, let's just take the the to two voices um, point of view. So, like, if you really wanted to um, go too far, say, maybe you'd have those voices coming out right there on either side of your ears right, or yeah. behind you, and it would feel Weird. That would feel weird, I'd yeah. Be gimmicky, maybe. Yeah. Um, there are certain circumstances that that could work just fine, you know. Mm -hmm. So don't take that as like never do that as a rule is basically what I'm saying. Um, but uh, or like say for instance, one thing that um, I played with and I was like, eh, no, that doesn't feel right, is um, putting too much of the music in the back or up top. Okay. Only, or mm -hmm. things like that. Or if you're purposely moving things around the speakers just to move them around the speakers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh boy. This is disorienting. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's make this everywhere. Um, you know, I think that then, like, if it's not going to be part of your story, I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. What is this driving my story? Is this driving the story I want to give my listeners? Um, how is this supporting um, where I'm going? And if it's not, then it could be gimmicky. Right. Right. I, I want to touch on something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, which is, um, you know, because this is so new and it's such a new application for this technology, you know, um, immersive podcasts. Right. Um, 
we're sort of only scratching the surface yet so far of like what's right. possible because we still have to like open up people's mind, like the artists themselves have to open up their minds to like mm -hmm. what is possible. And also audiences right. too, I think, become, once they become accustomed to it, they're gonna be, you know, more willing to hear bolder choices or maybe right. even hungry for bold choices. Um, where, where do you think that's gonna go? Like where do you see the, like, the future of podcasting in Dolby Atmos? Wow, that's, that's... Take out your crystal ball. Well, I'd, I'd like to compare it to the, uh, the path that Dolby Atmos, the music has gone. Yeah, Dolby so Atmos. So I, I do music. work with some mixers that mix for the Dolby music. Mm -hmm. And um, the, especially this one fellow, he's a great engineer and great mixer. And when he first started mixing, it was all very conservative. It was all like, okay, we're gonna replicate the stereo mix. Well, if you're gonna replicate the stereo mix, why are you doing it? Well, that's my opinion. But um, so right. that, was, that was the first flavor of Dolby Atmos and music. And then it grew, he came back. He had to, because he, he uses my room to mix his stuff. So I and so familiar with it. And um, so, and then he came back and he goes, they want it bigger. They want it bolder. They want more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well then, give them more, you know? And that's exactly, I think, what the path is, is gonna be for podcasts, is that people are going to start being more timid. Uh, timid's not bad, um, and they're gonna then start playing with different ideas, and as people get more and more used to it, listening to it, the different mediums that it's gonna come out on, I really, truly feel that then, it's gonna become what it needs to be and be a vehicle just for your story, whether it's, timid or bold. Yeah. Yeah. So um, why are you excited for Dolby Atmos or podcasts? Like what, what excites you about what's coming? I know you're working on some new stuff. Yeah, no. Um, well, I'm specifically, I'm super excited about people being aware of how to gather material. We worked really hard with the VARS team um, and her explorers to do that. And as you start diving more and more into uh, Mixing in Dolby Atmos, you'll get more and more ideas of how you can gather material uh, in the field or wherever um, for your podcast. And, and in general, like for the industry, I'm excited because it's a it's a way to tell your story without limitations. You know, think about it that way. Like, your limitations are only what you want them to be. It's not the limitations of the medium. It's not the limitations of just two speakers you know it's it's where you want to be and, and technology is supporting it it's keeping up yeah with it i know? think especially because of how how much like dolby atmos music is being widely adopted by the music industry i think yeah it's um it's gonna only matter of time before consumers are really demanding it right and then i feel like i, I almost want to caution my friends who are making podcasts and, and being like you don't you you want to future proof your stuff like um, because it's going to sound, it's going to sound like a, a, a totally flattened experience once we're used to listening to all of our favorite podcasts. Yeah, I think that's in really. Audio. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, again, we mix almost everything in in Dolby Atmos, even if we're delivering 5.1 or, or stereo. I feel as more and more platforms uh, become available for you to listen to podcasts in in Dolby Atmos, which is coming. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not if it's when. It, yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's how it was with streaming too. Like at first, you know, none of the streamers were using it, and then right. you know, because there was a lot of demand. Like, no, no, no. We want. I want my movie. Right. You know, Vision and Atmos, and so you know, Netflix adopted it, and you can watch 
um, you know, like HBO Max, things like that. So it's definitely coming oh, for, it's, for, pod, it, for podcasts. It, yeah, it's here. Yeah, it's here. You're it's right. here. I mean, I, I, I can't stress enough how it's, you know, f future proofing it for the future is really important because otherwise, you know, can you imagine going back through your whole catalog and re remixing it after the fact? Yeah, nightmare. Yeah, right? Oh, uh, so you better, I mean, even if you just bring it into Adobe Atmos and you mix in stereo, right? Don't even, don't even worry about doing the 360 mix or the, the Atmos mix. That way, though, when you go back to that session when you really want it to be in Atmos, because you will, then you just open it up. It's already there. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's our time, guys. Thank oh, you wow. so much. Um, Cheryl, thank you so much oh, for this you. really interesting conversation. Um, I'd love to invite everybody to check out um, the, the URL. If for whatever reason you can't see it because maybe you're online and, I don't know, maybe you've got a bad connection, it's professional.dolby.com slash podcast. Um, you'll be able to check out um, a lot of the examples that I was talking about. Um, check out the Dolby Institute podcast where, like I said, we, I interviewed some people from Qcode and, and Wondery. And um, the thing that I will say is if you don't believe uh, yet, just listen to it. Just, just give it a yeah. shot. Listen to, listen to some examples, um, and it really will open up your mind to what's possible. Um, so thank you guys all for coming here at the end of a long yeah. day. If, to hear more about more content. And yeah, thank you, Cheryl. And if, yeah, sure, my pleasure. It's absolutely been great. I love this conference. Y'all are just so fun and nice. It's great. And so um, I just want to say that I'm going to hang out out in the hallway. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, and uh, you can also feel free to email me or you can do the handy dandy scan or via the swap card on the app as well you can reach me on social media um, right, and if right. you are and if you are producing um, you know podcasts because that's one of the things we're talking about on the on the Dolby Institute podcast now if you are producing podcasts in Dolby Atmos I want to know about it because that's like my beat on the show so please <laughs> message me um, I'm on Twitter um, or like you know I don't know, LinkedIn I don't forget the other social media apps that I'm link linked on that swap card but yeah let me know because I would love to hear it Anyway, yeah. thank you guys so thank much. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.